today on CityCast Madison. It's Thursday, so we're dishing on Madison's food scene. You might have heard that Madison was honored with the highest awards given out for food, the James Beard Awards. Two local chefs, Itaru Nagano and Andrew Krager of Fairchild, took home the prestigious award for Best Chef Midwest. But what does that mean, and how did we win? We talked to our friend, Cap Times food editor, Lindsay Christians, who follows the event every year. It's Thursday, June 22nd. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Lindsay, hello. Hi. Got some big news to talk about today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. This is so exciting. Yes. So this is certainly a big deal. And you were at the gala in Chicago. How big of a surprise was this James Beard win to Madison's food scene? Great question. So we kind of had a hint, you know, that this could happen in January when the long list is released, right? That's when we find out just everybody who's a semifinalist for this award for Best Chef Midwest specifically. Um, In that round, we also found out that Jamie Wong from Ahan was on the long list. Um, We found out that Francesco Mangiano from Osteria Papavaro was on the long long list. And Andrew Hutchison from Madison Sourdough was on the long list, too. Some heavyweights. Yeah, some different categories for things. Some other chefs locally who have been on that longer list in the past, like our Sean Farr from Mint Mark, Dan Fox over to Heritage Tavern, uh, Dan Bonanno at A Pig in a Fur Coat. So there, we've had some people on the long list before. Like, we always get a little bit of representation there. And then the shorter list came out a couple of months later, and that's when we found out that we had, for the first time in the history of the awards, two Madison restaurants uh, had made it to the to the nominee list, which is really exciting. So Madison had two out of five. So the chances that we were going to bring some bring some gold home uh, went up then. So I wouldn't say it was a huge surprise, in part because we did have two out of five. Yeah. So, I mean, because I remember the celebration with the shortlist. Yes. But what about the chefs themselves? Was this expected for them? Oh, my God, no. (laughs) They didn't have any speeches written. Oh, my gosh. I talked to Itaru Nagano, who's one of the winners with Andy Krager, and I talked to him the next morning and he was like, I was sitting there and I was listening to all of these people give lovely, thoughtful speeches where they're thanking everyone and they're talking about how great it is to have won. This is basically the Oscars of food, right? And he's like, I didn't have anything written and I had this knot in my stomach. Oh, no. (laughs) So they said... Very little. Yeah. (laughs) They were thrilled. Like the grins are as wide as anything when they're up there, but they did not know. Yeah, I saw the photos and they're so like infectiously happy and joyous. So (laughs) I really got them. They weren't like tipped off or anything. No, they had no idea to the point where they were kind of unprepared to even know what to say. They're kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) What are Ataru and Andy of Fairchild best known for in terms of their cooking? They do farm-to-table food, right? Um, But they work very closely with farms in a really deliberate way. Both of them have experience at La Toile in Madison, where there's a long history of working with local farms. So the menu at Fairchild changes all the time. In the summer, it gets a little bit longer because there's more to work with. But they are both 
just masters of technique. Uh, Andrew knows how to make fresh pasta. I mean, they probably both do, but he makes the fresh pastas. Itaru has not a minimalist approach exactly, but kind of. Everything on the plate is there for a reason. So nothing is overcomplicated. And the technique is just, from both of them, is just extraordinary. Where you look at something, and I remember noticing, like, everything is cut to the exact same size. Or something that looks like one thing will actually be something else. And so the texture will surprise you, or the flavor will surprise you. It's, it is brilliant food executed in a way that feels a little bit more approachable than L'Etoile because Fairchild itself is more of a neighborhood restaurant, right? It, it's really, it's it's not, it's not a cheap restaurant. It's not inexpensive, but it is a place that you could go on a weeknight and have just really beautiful food. It doesn't, it doesn't have the kind of high-end vibes as like the Harvey House, for example, or L'Etoile or Rare Steakhouse or someplace like that. Totally. Well, I'm glad that you brought up L'Etoile because L'Etoile seems to have a legacy here with the James Beard. Yeah. So our two previous James Beard Award winners in Madison have both been from L'Etoile. Uh, Odessa Piper was the founder of the restaurant and she won in 2001. She was the first winner. She's done amazing things. She, you know, obviously founded L'Etoile. We talked to her on the show. Yeah, she's incredible. Um, and she's just like the warmest, most generous person alive. And then Tori ha- took over the restaurant um, a few years later, not too long after that, I don't think. And then he won in 2012, not long after Latoile made that move across the square in Madison and opened Gray's. And I think that really kind of put it back on the radar of some of the judges. I guess I'm curious their story with Latoile. So they came from Latoile, but. Yeah, so um, I think Atari was the chef de cuisine there for something like seven years. And uh, Andy worked there as well. They just, they met each other there and they became friends there. And they were establishing, I think Atari established relationships with a lot of the farmers that they're currently working with while working at L'Etoile, just because they have just and it's a couple hundred farms, I think, that they work with on any given week. So it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> Yeah. So what does this win mean for Madison? Oh, my goodness. I was watching some clips. So I was there at the Lyric Opera House when this all went down. And then later I was watching some clips of the video feed of it, which was interesting because when it first popped up, first of all, Andrew's name was misspelled on the main like thing up there. And I was like, oh, oh God. No. And then it was like Fairchild Restaurant, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I was like, really? Wait, what? Yeah. By the time they got to like another screen. That is, this really is like the Oscars. I know. So (laughs) they got to this other screen and finally they had it right as Madison. And there were like these two little commentators, like you're at the Olympics. And they're like, wow, it's been a long time since Madison has taken home this award. You you just don't expect this level in in Madison. A rude. There's still this perception that the greatest innovation in cooking and in in the culinary world is coming from the coasts. And I think to some degree that's true. You know, if you are really talented and you're an actor, you go to New York or L.A. So there's still that kind of draw for talent going to the coasts. But there's a lot of creativity and innovation and exciting things happening in the culinary world that is in this middle part of the country. And I think one of the challenges, right, with this region with Best Chef Midwest is that it's such a big region to cover. So there are a lot of states, you know, that fall under that. So I think it is a big deal in part because Madison is a small city in the Midwest. We're smaller than a lot of the other places that usually get the awards, including Milwaukee and St. Louis and Minneapolis. 
It feels really good. It feels like we're on this national stage. Yeah. Can we back up for those of us who are not super food nerds? What are the James Beard Awards? The James Beard Foundation was founded in 1986. The awards themselves were founded in 1990, and the first awards were given out in 1991. So... I don't know. That's a long history to me. Yeah. Uh, 30 yeah. some years. 30 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. So the awards originally started as this way of, you know, honoring excellence in the culinary industry. And they gained a higher profile as chefs themselves did uh, in the 90s and into the 2000s as we started sort of seeing this chef as rock star character, you know? <laughs> Mr. Bourdain. Yeah, yeah, you're your Anthony Bourdain's a little bit, although he, he was very much of the idea of, like, this is gritty and we're a pirate ship, you know? He was the, the working guys in the back kind of stuff, right? Whereas you have the Food Network coming up and that giving a lot more visibility to chefs. The awards kind of gained this importance as chefs themselves kind of came out from behind came out from the back of the house. So it just, it became a, a bigger and bigger deal. For the light of day. <laughs> yeah. So they've really grown. Um, I've been, you know, familiar with the with the awards themselves for a little while. We've been, we've been going down to the awards when they're in Chicago for maybe six or seven years. And that's really fun to do because it's close by and we can go. It's a big deal, I think, for chefs because after you get an award like this, you get national attention. So Tori Miller went on to open several more restaurants, right? Estreon and Sujo. He was working on a cookbook project for a while. He's been on TV. Um, so it opens a lot of doors. Yeah, a lot of shine and makes sense. What criteria are chefs judged on? Yeah, sure. So this has changed a bit over the years. In just for a really brief background, in 2020, the James Beard Awards canceled the awards because it came out that none of the none of the winners or the, the restaurants and chefs who were set to win were I'm not sure if it was, there were no people of color or no black people at all. And they canceled the awards. And that was a very controversial move. It was a difficult thing for them to decide to do. A lot of judges left. But the way that it had gone is that if you had won a James Beard Award in the past, you immediately became a judge. Well, predominantly, the people who had won were white men. So you ended up with this kind of repeating cycle. The awards were canceled, I think, again in 2021, and they resumed in 2022. At that point the criteria for judging had changed a bit. When we think about like, what are they using to judge? It is not only the quality of the food and the technique and the execution of the food, but also the hospitality in the restaurant. That's always been a part of it. And there's a, par a portion now where chefs are evaluated on their contributions to the community and basically just whether they're good people. The James Beard Awards wanted to stop giving awards to people who were not good through plates yeah yeah who threw plates who weren't good weren't good citizens of their communities right who weren't bringing more than just a beautiful plate I, I think the industry has a lot of challenges has had a lot of things to work out even obviously pre-pandemic as well and we've seen a little bit of of that and how the me too movement has touched the restaurant industry i've written about that quite a bit sure and yeah the racial reckoning you know happening after george floyd yeah totally 
It was all part of that. So when we look at the judging criteria now and how how chefs and how award winners are being evaluated, it does have the service, the technique, and the culinary execution. There's a focus on, is this unique? Is this pushing something forward? Does it feel of its place and of its time? How how coherent is the menu? How How does it fit into where it is and who is making it and who is consuming it, who's eating it? And all of these things kind of put together. And then also, how are these people engaged in their communities? Mm. Well, you mentioned like Fairchild has, they use a lot of local farmers and stuff, you know, from the farmer's market, those connections, that sort of thing. So immediately rooted in the community here. What would you think some of the things are that may have clinched this win for them? I have been to Fairchild as a reviewer, as a diner, and then as a fan. I think it is a beautiful restaurant. From my perspective, like when I've when I've gone there and I've seen some veteran servers who've been around this industry for a long time and they're choosing to work there. They could work anywhere. But that's these are the people they want to work with. I have heard from other chefs who have worked with them that they are encouraging, that they are people who, you know, they not only do they care very much about the product, but also they work really hard right alongside you. That kind of commitment to the work that they're doing, the place that they are. And the culture in their own space. Yeah. Yeah. I, For the record, I get that vibe from Papavaro as well. Um, a lot of people stick around Papavaro for a really long time. And I think that's also part of why they were, you know, in the nominee list this year. I think Fairchild is always doing something a little bit different. Uh, they're always pushing things a little forward in a way that you're like, oh, when's the last time you had sunchokes? You know, when is the last time you had this, you know, this fish preparation or whatever. They've kept it really focused and really smart. And I'm always just surprised when I go there. And I think when you can go to a restaurant and be a little surprised, it's lovely. What do we know about the judges? Are they like top secret shoppers? (laughs) (laughs) So I think when it comes to the judges, the James Beard Foundation has tried to have more control over it. I think if you... One, in previous years, you're not automatically a judge anymore. I know that the judging body is made up of chefs, people in the industry, um, journalists, people who are working in nonprofits, that kind of a thing, food-related nonprofits. But it's mostly industry folks and people who are well-connected to the industry. They don't go out of their way to publicize that because nobody wants to get special treatment or whatever. But I get the sense that it's something... People hate special treatment. Honestly, I know I do. When <laughs> I was when I was reviewing, like if I'm if I'm working as a critic, that's true. I can't like it makes it really hard to do my job. Right, it'll taint the results. Got this real special experience, yeah. You don't want to be like, oh my gosh, come to this restaurant and they'll give you four extra plates for free because <laughs> they probably won't. Yeah, skew the results. <laughs> do you need like as a food reviewer yourself? Do you ever like wear a disguise and like some glasses and like a, a Marco? <laughs> <laughs> Groucho Marx mustache. You know, I never did. I never did. There, there have been so many times when I'm when I was like actively reviewing that stuff would go wrong, and you'd be like, no, like if they knew I was a food reviewer, like a restaurant critic, they would never have sent me out pasta primavera with no vegetables. Oh on heck it. no! Like that happened. <laughs> <laughs> the server came back. And she's like, the chef forgot, and I'm like, oh my god. So things like that will happen and you're just sort of like, no, this is not, this is, 
Yeah. They don't know who I am. Usually, if anybody knows who I am, it's like an owner or a manager. It's not the servers. So, like, you know, Madison's not a... We don't have enough power to need a disguise, basically. Fairchild is is more like fine dining, right? And it seems like that's kind of who normally wins. But we, you know, Madison has some bangers in the non-fine dining. Are they ever considered? So there's a different category for that. Um, and it's called America's Classics. So James, James Beard Foundation gives America's Classics awards to like the uh, the Polish restaurant in Northwest Ohio that does all the sausages. Like a, a supper club would be an America's Classic in Wisconsin. Places that do very specific, usually like regionally focused cuisine. Like there was a burrito place in San Francisco. There's been Chinese places in uh, the Bay Area and just places where the community has really gathered and has a, a lot of love for mm, it. Yeah. Will we be able to get a, a reservation at Fairchild anytime soon? Anecdotally, it does not sound good. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I mean, you can always try, but Fairchild was already pretty tight. And it's the summer, so everything is coming in, and it's just beautiful. I will say, my favorite thing to get at Fairchild is they have a little dinner for two, where it's like a half a duck, or a, like a lamb or something. And you get it, and it's enough for two people, and then you get to choose your different sides that go along the side of it or whatever, and it's just, and I like I like to get the dinner for two, a bottle of wine, I mean, with, with my husband, not alone, but, or a friend. Hey, I'm not judging. Yeah. <laughs> I, get the, I get it for myself. Dinner for two, and, and a bottle of wine, and you do the whole, whole thing, and you all get the sides, and it's just lovely. Okay, well, now we know what to get. Lindsay, thank you so much for all of your deep knowledge and keeping us up to date. And um, this is so exciting. Thank you so much. Yeah, anytime. That's Cap Times food editor, Lindsay Christians. And here's what else Madison's talking about. If you're not busy trying to find your way into a fine dining restaurant this weekend, there's some great affordable live outdoor music happenings. Madison Symphony Orchestra is offering a free community concert on Saturday at Penn Park over on Fisher Street. It's in concert with Tamara and Leotha Stanley and the Mount Zion Gospel Choir. And there's a new music festival with some of Madison's favorite bands, the first ever. Dirt Camp Festival is this Saturday. It's in a Sauk City vineyard called The Vines. It's got bands like Free Dirt, Proud Parents, and Crib Chitter, whose lead singer, by the way, wrote our CityCast theme music. Maybe see you there? We'll toss a link to both of those events in our show notes. That's all for today, here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell someone you take to Fairchild about us? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Until then. Perfect.